myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello, and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. And this week, we have an amazing guest with a very unique and interesting fear. Comedian Ruth Banks joins the show to talk about her life as a comedian and her side hustle with the bubble truck. And then we get into her fear of balloons. So let's go ahead and air up this episode with Ruth Banks. We are here with my good friend and guest, Ruth Banks. Ruth, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Ryan? I'm great. If you don't know Ruth Banks, she is an up-and-coming comic here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area who also happens to have a side hustle of running a bubble bus. Tell us a little about running a bubble bus. So I run a bubble truck. Uh, apparently, the distinction matters. Uh, I run a bubble truck, and it is kind of our way of just bringing some joy to families during Corona. Uh, we have kind of a, a social distancing type model where we roll up to your family's house and stand on top of the bus and shoot some bubbles down at you, some foamy, good fun, uh, and just make people's day a little bit brighter. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I'm also a stand-up comedian. I talk a lot about a lot of things. So what's the distinction between bubble bus and bubble truck? Is bubble bus like they're not allowed inside? The distinction is that we were originally the bubble party bus and there is another company that is the bubble bus and they sent us a cease and desist. So we had to like readjust and then we were the bubble mania party truck, but there's the bubble maniacs in one of our other locations. So now we're just the bubble truck. This is a very new, we're, this is a very new company, but we're very excited about it. People are loving it. By the time this airs, they may have a new name. We will. It may be we something will bubble related. It will be the bubble U-Haul. It will <laughs> it'll be it'll be the bubble family sedan. We'll be the bubble blimp. We'll just like fly overhead. It'll just be full of bubbles. Whole, like yeah, it'll just explode and then just bubbles will come down. Yes, exactly. That would be awesome. Like just like a we're, Hindenburg of bubbles. Yeah, just... we're remaking the Hindenburg every day during during Corona. Well, we have the time for it. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what? So you said you're a comedian. How long have you been doing comedy now? Three years today, exactly. You know, I have. The, you are the second guest I've had, like on their anniversary. On their like, joke anniversary. Yeah, yeah, like the last guest I had was her one year anniversary. Oh, I love it. And so it's like I feel like I'm just destined to interview everyone in this comedy scene on the day they started comedy. Perfect. So. So you've been doing comedy three years. How do you feel like this three years is gone? I definitely had a slow buildup, but I'm very excited for where things ended up right before Corona, at least. Obviously, everything's a little bit at a standstill right now, but I think I had some good momentum going, and I think I'll be able to get it going again as things open back up. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm I'm glad, because like I say, you've also, you're with a group called Claws Out Comedy, and you're one of the... You're one of, I would say, almost not the founding father, 
like mothers, I would say, since they're all female, since they're empowered <laughs> women, I'm not going to see father fathers because yes, you can be what you not, want. No. You know what? We're in 2020. If you want to be a father, you go right ahead. But <laughs> I think I think Mana, my friend Mana is obviously the the head founding mother of Claws Out Comedy, but I would definitely say I'm one of the, you know, I'm helping write the constitution of Claws Out Comedy. We're very excited about that. Uh, you are the Joanne Hancock. Yes, you are the Joanne have, Hancock. You're writing everything down. I've got a huge signature at the bottom of all of our like documents. I am actually the note taker when we're on the road. So that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. That uh, is your new we, name. It's, we have a, a weekly uh, showcase at Six Springs whenever it's open. Currently, it's not because of Corona. But whenever Six Springs is open, we're there doing a Thursday <laughs> Claws Out showcase. And we'll, we'll include all that and our okay. post wrap up so that people cool. when they do actually get this podcast they can kind of check that out and maybe head out to one of your shows perfect so my podcast is about people's fears and if you like unique fears or something that they deal with on a daily basis and where that came from how does it affect you how do you kind of deal with it what can you can you come over do you feel you can overcome it so let's start with your fear. Uh, yes. I am afraid of balloons. Like hot air balloons or? No, like the helium ones. Helium or not, the latex ones, I don't like them. I don't trust them. Okay, so n- none of the balloons, not the foil? You know, the foil ones I actually am okay with because they don't make a loud popping noise when you pop them. Okay. And that's the root of the fear. Sorry. Okay, so it's not hot air balloons either. No, although I don't think I love that idea either, but it's not on the same principle. So it's n- balloons, but it's more about the popping of the balloon. It's more about the noise. Exactly. Okay. So where does that come from? Um, well, psychologists have been asking me that question for, you know, years. Um, but through my understanding, I have been diagnosed with some sort of general sensory processing disorder. And on top of that, I have apparently an overactive adrenal gland. So those two things combined mean that I just get really freaked out very easily. And one of the things that really triggers that is sudden sensory input, i.e. really loud noises. So to me, a balloon is the constant impending threat of a potential loud noise that I know will wreck my day because I immediately go into this panic mode. And so I just, I sit and dread as long as this balloon is around and it takes up all my mind. I could just imagine you just staring down this little child with like five balloons. You're like, you're not responsible enough with those balloons. I'm going to need to take those from you and dispose of them. I have crossed the street to avoid children with balloons. Not clowns with balloons, children with balloons, sweet, innocent children. I would also avoid clowns. I would also avoid clowns. Especially the ones that will blow. Oh, one time at the magic time machine, they have a person who goes table to table making balloon animals. And I need to preface that I did not mean to do this. It's not my fault. I had a knife in my hand. Uh, That is not. That's how every murder defense with a knife starts. (laughs) I did not mean to have a knife in my hand. Um, But. He came to my to our table, and my family all knows of this. This is a big part of our life at this point. I'm probably 13, and he comes up and asks if I like a balloon. I haven't seen him yet. I look up from my meal and gesture with the knife, no! 
and probably gave that poor man the worst fright of his life. And he works at the magic time machine. So he's seen some shit. Anybody that's worked at that place has seen some shit. Oh yeah. So do you feel like maybe your parents brought him over? Cause they know you're afraid. Have, Cause I feel like your parents have tried to fix. Oh, they have. Like they, you just need to get exposed to it. Oh, my parents were all about the exposure therapy. At one point they wanted to, they never actually did it to their credit, uh, but they were always talking about how they were going to lock me in a room with a bunch of balloons and a steak knife. Um, and then I was going to pop them all. And if I popped them all, I would get like a reward of some sort, uh, either like a trip to medieval times or like Chuck E. Cheese or whatever the appropriate event was for at whatever age they were traumatizing me. So not free therapy, which is what you probably would have needed. Oh, they pay for my therapy. Well, I would hope so at this point. Like it, <laughs> that sounds so traumatic. That would be like, because I'm afraid of snakes. That would be like my mom saying like, hey, we just put a bunch of vipers in your room. If you just, your, just go ahead and go to bed and just, if you feel something slither across you, just, just be cool. Just be cool. If you if you can handle you can handle a night with your worst nightmare in the room with you, you're fine. Thankfully, my mom is afraid of snakes too, so like it's like hereditary. Exactly. See, I was always the crazy person. Like I could never make anyone understand where this fear came from, so it was always kind of a running joke. So you're right; they might have invited the balloon guy over, but I also think at that age it had stopped being funny and started being like, "Okay, you're 13 now. Like you got to get over this at some point." Like, they just want, they feel like your fear, you can just grow out of it. Like, it's, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm an adult now. I'm enough of these childhood imaginary friends and fears. When you're, like, six and at a birthday party and you're scared of balloons, it's kind of cute. When you're 24 and walking out of a New Year's-themed open mic because there are balloons, it's not as cute. <laughs> like, I don't know if you I think it was New Year's that hyenas had balloons. I'm pretty sure I left that night. <laughs> Yeah, they always have balloons at most of the comedy clubs for New Year's. Yeah. I don't think Backdoor had, like, the regular balloons, just because they're in such a small space. They just uh -huh. had, like, the foil at the stage. But it used to be when we were in the hotel, the ballroom would be full of these balloons just on the ceiling. Oh, I remember that, yeah. No, not my vibe. One time I walked into church. Um, with my, my whole family, because it's the only time I would go to church. And uh, literally, like, everywhere was covered in balloons. And it was supposed to be some celebration or something. But it was the most Karen moment I've ever had because I just started angrily tweeting at the church because they were having, like, the thing where the tweets roll across the screen for, like, like... And so I just started angrily tweeting, like, I hate this. Like, why would you do this to me? Like... <laughs> And it's rolling across the church screen in the I church. I don't think they actually, there was something moderating it. So my I was going to say. Tweets never made it up, unfortunately. But. <laughs> so what is like the worst balloon situation you've been in? Like with the balloons, like when has like it been like the absolute like flight mechanisms kicked in? I've got to go get out of my way. So actually this came up in my Facebook memories. Um, People think it is varying degrees of funny, the balloon thing. And that all kind of depends on how long they've known me. And so 
I've recently had to come up with my Facebook memories, but uh, in high school, I had somebody bring some balloons into the theater for a show I was directing and like not just bring them in, but like start messing with them and start. And I was trying to direct and I just fully couldn't even focus on what I was doing and had to like stop rehearsal and get the balloons out of there, which is not only embarrassing, it makes me look like a diva. Like I can't direct under these circumstances. I need a balloon free environment. I want to know how many directors now that have had these weird like niche things. It's because they're like, they have a huge phobia. It's a deep fear. Globophobia, by the way, is the name. Ooh, you've yeah. done your research on this. Oh yeah. I, I needed to find my people. Your people. How many are there? Three, four? I, I don't know. I don't know. So have you ever tried to fix it yourself? Like, have you ever tried to like, handle like have someone hold the balloon in the room with you and see if you can just distract yourself enough i definitely have those moments of especially now that i am an adult i don't want to say i grew out of it like i still feel the same panic but i definitely do practice the like okay just breathe ruth the worst thing that's gonna happen is a loud noise and it'll suck for a second and then it'll be okay like there's a whole pep talk going on in my mind Mm -hmm. I was going to say, what do you happens when you hear that loud noise? What does your body do? There is an immediate, um, I don't know the best way to describe it. It, it. It's almost painful, like an immediate spike in adrenaline that causes a few things to happen. Like my heart rate immediately increases. Mm-hmm. And when my heart rate increases, I suddenly feel like blood rushing into all of my limbs. And I like, I have this one twitch that I do all the time and I don't really know why. And I'll start like, things will start shaking and I'll fully shut down and start word vomiting or word vomiting is something I do when I'm stressed kind of like right now I'm trying to think of what happens when the balloons are around mm-hmm. and that's why I'm talking a lot um, that's fine but yeah it's that high adrenaline response and I'm always a flight person so I'll immediately like jump out of my skin essentially well in most fear situations you will be a flight person unless there's yeah. nowhere to flight to and then that's yeah. the point where you become fight mechanism but do you get like the back spasms, like when you have the adrenaline rush, like right over your, like, cause sometimes when I have an adrenaline spike or something like that, like my kidneys, like it'll feel right above my kidneys. Like I'll feel like my just cramp up. Oh no, I don't get that. I don't get that. Maybe that's just old age adrenaline. Like you can't, you, <laughs> my body can't handle adrenaline anymore, but like it's I'll like feel allergic it. To, it's allergic to the adrenaline. Yeah. Like I can feel like if I have like a full on like panic, I can feel it in right above my kidneys. Like my back will kind of like ache like right where there's so interesting so you breathe calmly how does that work for you has that has that worked at all i'm gonna give it like a 75 percent success rate at me Mm -hmm. seeming like a normal human like i i immediately can think and have kind of all these flashbacks through the years of different ways i've handled it like i remember a like dance in late high school where they had one of those balloon arches and i like Somebody had to hold my hand and walk through quickly with me every time. Like every time seems to present its own coping mechanism in its okay. own way. That's awesome. Did you, was that like your boyfriend or was it just, just random friends that would just pull you through the balloon? Just random friends. I, I don't have significant others in my life. That's not an aspect. Okay. <laughs> if they brought you, that's probably because they tried to, to woo you with balloons. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, I don't know if you remember high school, Ryan. It was probably a long time ago for you, but uh, uh, I had a locker that was above me in high school. Mm-hmm. And 
it was like the dance, like homecoming asking season. And the boyfriend of the person whose locker was above me had filled her locker and covered her locker with balloons. And it wasn't like she like saw it and was like, oh, <laughs> cool. And then took it down. She left it there for days. So I spent days like I'd be standing outside the room, like with my hands against the glass, looking at it, like trying to get one of my friends to go in and open my locker for me. Because the thing was, every time I opened my locker, all the balloons would dangle down into my locker and I'd have to very carefully like nudge them all up or I would close it and slam it and pop one. Just the idea that you like above below Miss Popular. Oh, yeah. And of course I had the bottom locker. The like I don't know how they do it, but somehow high schools always assign that the unpopular kids have the bottom locker and the popular kids have the top locker. I can't remember. I think I had a bottom locker just because I didn't I'm not tall by any stretch of the imagination. And I always had one of those like shitty shelf things that you would try to put in your locker and it would try to oh, make it yeah. look organized organized but like after so many like days your books would just start to slide to one side. <laughs> And eventually it would fall. Yeah. I had a milk crate in my locker. A milk crate? Yeah. You like turn it sideways so that the part, you know what a milk crate is? Like the yeah. plastic. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I grew up in the in the 80s and 90s when they had plastic milk crates, not in the 50s when they had the milkman come with the glass. <laughs> oh. Well, you turn it so that the like top the the hole is out front, and you put it in the locker, and it's like a shelf without a okay. sliding aspect. Okay. But you had to be really strong to get it in there, and then I couldn't get it out, so I just left it in there and let it be somebody else's problem. Did the, any like how many people that helped you that day knew you were afraid of balloons and were like sympathetic to that? Oh, I don't think it's something that gets much sympathy. They're kind of just like, okay, Ruth is freaking out. Let's see what we have to do about this. Like they've never popped a balloon around you, like just to. There are definitely people who have done that. Uh, and the thing is, it's not just balloons because it's this loud, sudden noise mm-hmm. thing like that. It, it totally extends to like fireworks, like Fourth of July recently. Always a problem holiday for me. Uh, same with guns. Um, I'm going hunting with some friends in the near future. Don't know how that's gonna work. Um, they're probably not going to shoot their guns. They they will carry them, but <laughs> carry them I don't in. I don't know if you know how boring hunting is. It's just basically <laughs> it's like basically waiting. It's like a blind date that never ends. You're just sitting there <laughs> in your in your outfit with stuff to make you smell good to the person you're hoping to attract, and then you just get nothing. You're just sitting out there staring at nothing going by. <laughs> no one, nothing even resembling what you want to shoot. So all you do is you sit there and drink beers and wonder what you're doing with your life. Well, one time I had to fire a gun with blanks in it for like an acting gig I was doing. And that was like my nightmare because I had to cause the loud noise that was going to make me freak Mm -hmm. out. And you can't cover your own ears if you're about to fire a gun. That's not how that works. Mm -hmm. How, How did you cope with that? Like, how did you... I just looked like the world's worst murderer because I had to come in like in all black and then I like I would shoot it and I would jump like visibly jump like a foot in the air and sprint out of the room. And it was half like me trying to make a getaway and half me just needing to get to the back to have a panic attack. 
that must have been amazing. Like, I don't, now I'm kind of like the scene in Birdman where he's got the gun on stage. I'm like, oh, just, just waving it like a loony tick, just anywhere but where it needs to go because you're trying to, like, suppress the noise. So you're just waving it into the crowd, just <laughs> not even shooting at the target. Well, and the other side of that is being the person getting shot at, which also happens uh, in the, in this situation. So there were several times, cause if you're going to, you can't know the shot is going to happen in the, so you can't like, cause if you know you're going to get shot at, you're going to duck. You can't, as the actor, just plug your ears and do nothing else. Cause you're not supposed to know it's coming. Yeah. And they'd have to like jump and pretend they got hit. Like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> my favorite part was we were always supposed to burst our blood packet on our forehead and then stagger out of the room. But if the shot was in the forehead, you're not staggering away from that, honey. Yeah. You're going to crumple. That seems a little bit of a poor writing choice on that right there. Or just, you know, just basically have them, you know, at the curtain. So when they hit, when you kill them, they just fall back into the curtain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this was a dinner theater type thing. So there were no curtains. It was okay. like in like a full, it was a situation. Okay. So, did you always do dinner theater, or is it like if you've also done like plays and stuff like that? I've also done plays and such. Would it get on plays that just have no loud noises? Is that one of your no loud noises? No, no. Actually, I've been in several plays where gunshots happen, but luckily, I'm never an actor in them because I wasn't an actor. Mm -hmm. And the thing about being, I was typically the director or assistant director. Once the play's up, you can sit in the back and cover your ears, and nobody cares. That's a good director's note. Like anybody that wants to be a director, you don't have to be there when your stuff's being created. Just be around I in got, case disaster strikes. Oh yeah. I actually, uh, I, I'm a very sickly person. I have like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome and all this stuff. And I was actually very sick the day of my directing final. So I just texted my cast and was like, good luck. Not going to be there. <laughs> like I'm throwing up in a bucket. Good luck. You guys, I'm going to Hollywood. You guys, <laughs> I'm off. Peace out. Bye. Peace out. I don't need you guys anymore. <laughs> I don't need y'all. I'm throwing up in this bucket. What would you suggest if somebody else is afraid of loud noises? Like, how would you, I guess, direct them to handle it? Okay. So, this is actually a very off the wall suggestion, but I heard mm -hmm. about it recently and I've been trying it and it actually works. What I tried to address, instead of addressing the fear of loud noises itself, I tried to just address my response to fear. So it doesn't just apply to the loud noises situation. I'm a very anxiety-rated person in general. Um, so what I started doing, and again, this sounds so weird, uh, but I started taking really cold showers um, because when you jump into a cold shower, it simulates that fight-or-flight response but it's in a completely safe environment. So you can like have a chance to kind of workshop how you respond. It's like an open mic for threats. It's definitely a, a flight mechanism for me. Cause I remember I, when I was at one of my lowest points, I had uh, to live with my folks and my mom was taking care of my grandmother and my uncle. And so we would all be in this house together and I would have to take showers, and by the time I took a shower, all the cold water would be gone, and, or hot water, basically. And so I would take a cold shower, and it would literally be the fastest shower. Like, I would oh, be yeah. like, I would be like, we don't even need to shampoo today. We are just going to scrub this, scrub that, and 
we're off. But yeah, that's an interesting. I, I wonder how many people, you know, with fight or flight mechanisms would actually think about taking a cold shower to kind of simulate that feeling. Yeah. And so that's what I realized. I was just a generally anxiety ridden person and my responses to those anxieties weren't always healthy. So that and just chilling out in general which is a long process that takes lots of steps that I can't really detail. It's a lot of just accepting that things are either going to happen or they're not. And we could get into like the philosophy behind that, but that's where I'm at. I'm glad you tried to take steps. Like I said, you're not just like, I'll never have balloons ever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've accepted it's not a reasonable fear to have and that I need to be able to function in the same society that balloons exist in. Well, good luck with that, Ruth. I appreciate you being on the show today. Where can the people find you in the bubble truck slash bus slash bubble truck? We'll just call it bubble truck for now. <laughs> the bubble truck for now. The bubble truck asterisk. Uh, no, the so the bubble truck, just bubbletruck.com. Uh, you can email us at dallas at bubbletruck.com. Uh, for me, I am at all of my social media uh, it is funny for a girl, but it's got some underscores in it. So it's funny underscore for a underscore girl. And that's all written out. So I made it as complicated as physically possible to find me. That's probably for the best since they probably all have balloons or loud noises. To They're probably all, all coming to find me. And I've realized that if anybody in the comedy community listens to this, I'm just revealing my worst fear to a bunch of comedians that have access they're not rich people but they can afford balloons and that would amuse them greatly i'm sure i will i will not say whether i believe they can afford balloons or not because i don't think they can right <laughs> they don't have that balloon money i don't know anybody for in the comedy game right now that has balloon money at this point that may not even have rent money i don't know if they can afford a luxury such as a balloon I have one more bonus balloon story from my most recent uh, life, if we have time Go for, for it. it. <laughs> uh, I was working at a big like bowling laser tag arcade complex that will go unnamed because I won't speak the best of them in this. Uh, <laughs> but it was a bunch of like high school kids. It was their first job. It was a, an interesting kind of work environment because I was also 24. So I was like the mother of all of these high school kids having their first job. And a bat mitzvah happened in our private dining room that had a whole balloon set up, balloon wall, balloon arch, and I was working that event. And these girls thought it was so fun to pop these balloons. So I, this is less than six months ago, was in this, this room balancing these appetizer trays as balloons are popping left and right around me. And if I flinch, I'm going to spill this appetizer tray. And that was like, that was my version of like the trauma you would have a flashback scene to mm -hmm. like, that's what I think of when I'm scared and alone at night is like being in that room, balancing that tray. And the worst part was they left all of the balloons there. So it became the job of the people who worked the party of whom I was the head to clean up the, those balloons. So did I do the mature thing and get a knife and pop all of those balloons myself? No, I paid the servers who worked the party to do it for me. I, why, why are you even working jobs that have balloons? Like it's, like you've you put yourself in these situations where you're stuck with loud noises. The 2020 motto is bubbles, not balloons. Yes, that the bubbles don't make a loud bang when you pop them. Nope. Okay. Well, thanks again, Ruth.
Of course. I'll look forward to talking with you again about another fear. I have so many. So do a lot of people. And that's that's <laughs> what makes this podcast so great, is that I have endless supply. Hopefully I'll have it's endless perfect. demand. Thank you for doing this. Anytime. What a fun interview with Ruth. I can't imagine having a fear with such a common object like a balloon or something that you would just see almost on a daily basis. Because it's such a such an innocuous item to everybody else but you. Like, they don't see the threat. You do. And it's hard to explain that to so many people that find balloons enjoyable. Another thing I noticed from that interview is I have not been to church in so long, I had no idea that churches used Twitter or any social media at this point. That they have tweets live tweeting during the sermon. So it feels like you can't even keep focus in a church. I also noticed in the interview something she said about trying to give herself a pep talk. And I have never had that work for me as far as to kind of calm me down when I'm wired up. I can never just give myself a pep talk to just try to settle myself down. I always have to come across and just do... My thing is to just logically think through the situation and just try to figure out a logical reason for why this is happening versus just panicking and thinking the worst possible scenario. But I would be curious to know what you guys do to kind of try to calm yourself down when you're at that point in your fear. Your fear's almost taken over. How do you kind of fight back against that? Do you have a pep? Do you do the pep talk? Do you talk yourself down? Let me know what you do. Send me an email at somefearfans at gmail.com with what you guys do. Also, you can follow Ruth on all social media at funny underscore for a underscore girl. She's a funny up and coming comic here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. She's worth checking out. And if you need a bubble truck, hit her up as well for that. Also, Comedy is starting back up here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you want to see my comedy, catch me at Hyenas Dallas this coming weekend, the September 11th and 12th. And also you can catch me in Hyenas-Fort Worth on the 17th, 18th, and 19th as we start to reopen comedy clubs here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. All right, some credits and thank yous for people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater who does all my graphic design work. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite, W-H-I-T-E-H-2-O, the letter. On Instagram, that's Barry White Water. Get it? H-2-O. He's an amazing comic and graphic artist, so check him out. Also, music. A big thanks to Gunnar Olsen, who provides the music for this podcast. You can check out his website, gunnarolson.net. Check out all his music. He's got some great EPs. Also, you can follow him on Instagram at GunBuns. I love his coast-to-coast jam sessions with other musicians. It's really cool to listen. If you want to follow me on social media, my social media is at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I implore you to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SomeFearFans. S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S. You can also check out our website, someofallfears.com. Leave us a review if you would like on iTunes. If you want suggestions for the show, you can leave them on the reviews or you can email me directly. Or if you want to be a guest, 
shoot me an email at somefearfans at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this week. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great week.